there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Now, this morning, by the grace of God, I want to speak on the subject, how to excel. How to excel. And my background is not really encouraging, but I will survive. How to excel and overcome mathematical equations in Jesus' name. So we're going to talk about how to excel. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this moment. Help us and bless us today through your word. I pray that may you anoint me afresh to speak your word to the hearing of your people. May their lives be changed today. And by the time I'm done, may they be encouraged and motivated to excel in whichever field you have placed them in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Shout another louder amen. amen. I'm surprised that John is not in school uniform. And we were somewhere buying school uniforms together. Maybe it shrunk when she washed it. Anyway, how to excel. Tell your neighbor how to excel. Now, no one wants to fail. No one wants to stagnate. It doesn't matter what he or she is doing. We all want to excel in what we are doing. Whether it is in business or marriage or ministry or leadership or politics, like right now, a lot of people are vying for uh, public office. They want to excel. Everybody wants to excel. No matter what it is, no matter where you are, you want to excel. I don't think you want to engage in something that promises you failure. All of us want to engage in something that will uh, promise us success. Now, the first world is called the first world. Africa is the third. I don't know if you are fourth or second, but the last time I checked, we were third. Uh, the first world uh, is called the first world because the majority of its citizens are empowered. They are doing very well. They have prospered. They have succeeded. It's what they call in America the American dream. The American dream is where... I mean, you are living a good life. You have a nice car, you have a house, you know, uh, you have good medical care, you know, and you have enough, you know, for, for, for shelter, for clothing, you know, and even for leisure. It's called the American dream. That's why people run there to go and chase the mighty dollar because they want that kind of life. And you can see that when you watch the TV, they paint that life to you. They show you that those countries are glamorous, uh, they show you how beautiful those countries are, you know, the kind of cars that are there, the kind of houses people are living in, you know, the places of entertainment that have been packed by people. is because most of the people there have purchasing power. That's why those countries are called first world. I remember in 1993, I lived with a family. I went to UK and I lived with a family. And uh, for a week, and uh, we could sit down and watch the news. And the father of that home was always complaining, you know. 
when he was watching the news, he was complaining about the politicians. He was complaining about how life is difficult. He was complaining about how there is no money. He was complaining about how he's living, you know, uh, in a small house where he's living. And um, he was complaining, you know, uh, about him not having the kind of car he wants to drive. And uh, the last time I checked in his garage, he had like two or three cars. And I was a bit confused because this is a village boy who has visited the UK for the first time, who understands what poverty is. And this guy has three cars. He lives in a nice house, nice neighborhood. For the first time, I understood what landscaping is. Uh, when I went out there, the way the road has been constructed, there is a place for people to walk. There is a place for people to cycle. There is a place where you can pull over when your, your car has a problem. And this is a guy who complains that he's surrounded with poverty. He, like, he doesn't like how the country is run. And I'm looking at him and I said, I need to take you to Africa. Because me, when I arrived there, I knew I was next to heaven. It was one step to heaven. Because the place was very beautiful. The house was beautiful. The house was fantastic. I remember in his house, every room had its own TV. Every room. The children were controlling what they watch in their own rooms. So you could watch anything you want to watch. You go to the living room, there was a TV. Then you go to the kitchen, there's another TV. While you're cooking, you can watch the TV. And here is a guy complaining. And us, we, we had one which was black and white. So I could not understand why this man is, you know, really, really complaining. But you, you, but you see, when you, are, when you are somewhere, you can get used to what you have until you think it is nothing. You can get familiar with what you, are, what you have or what you possess until you feel like it is nothing. But anyway, I'm talking about the first world. The first world is called the first world because uh, a lot of people there have been empowered. They have money that they can spend, you know. They go to shops every week to buy clothes, to buy even clothes that they, know they don't need, to buy shoes. They are in entertainment joints every now and then. You know, they love entertainment. They're in concerts. They take their children out every now and then to go to these amusement parks. Things that we don't really, you know, see here in Africa. For you, your children... When they want entertainment, what do you tell them? Go out and play. Yeah? You tell them there is mud out there. Go and play in the mud. Alright? Because a lot of us, we are not really, really empowered. Now, when you look at Africa, it's different. Uh, there is scarcity of resources. That's why we are fighting over almost everything. We are fighting for power. And we are thinking, if I get power, then I can be able to access, you know, resources. We are fighting for the little money that we see around. I mean, look at the way you are seated like this. If I want to cause a commotion here, it's just to come and throw money in the air. Can I try? Which side? <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody went like this and then he realized it's not money. He, he, he came back. It's because of the scarcity mentality. We fight over everything. Look at many African, you know, countries. Countries like Angola, which are very rich, you know, with mineral deposits. Colombia, 
a democratic republic of Congo. There is a lot of gold in Congo, but they are fighting. Liberia, Sierra Leone, even Sudan, they are fighting oil. The day they say that we are having oil in Turkana, I started praying. I started praying because I knew what was going to happen next. You know, we're going to have people going there and they start fighting over the oil that has been discovered in Turkana. It's because of the scarcity, you know, that we face here, you know, in this part of the world. When we see gas, we fight over it. When we see oil, we fight over it. When we see mineral deposits, we fight, you know, over them. It's because of scarcity. A lot of things are not available, you know, to us. Many of the civil wars you see, even in Africa, you know, are traceable to resources. They are resource-related conflicts because of the scarcity that we have here. There are people who like, you know, this period of elections because they know we are going to get money. And they look for different avenues that they can be able to get money. So, if the majority of the people in this part of the world were doing very, very well, we will not have been seeing all these high-profile conflicts, especially in Africa. We will not be killing each other senselessly, fighting over land. And sometimes you see that some people kill, you know, because of an inch, an inch of ground, and you end up killing somebody else. An inch of ground. You find neighbors fighting over a fence. A fence. Somebody just moved the fence a little bit, it's war. And they're fighting. They come out with crude weapons. And those people I'm talking about are not in this congregation. I'm speaking to people who did not come to church this morning. Isn't it? Are you sure? Are you very sure? And, and, and you can see that some wars are just senseless. Useless wars. Is, is because of our mind. We think there is nothing or there is no available resources that is enough to go around so that everybody can have, you know, a peace. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus spoke to a lot of people in parables. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries. Somebody say the mysteries. I cannot hear you. Shout again the mysteries. It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. So that means there, there is a group here on earth that has access to the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. As we talk about how to excel, I want you to understand it has nothing to do with your color. It has nothing to do with your gender. It has nothing to do with your geographical location. It has everything to do with accessing the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. When you gain access to the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, I'm telling you, you will excel. No matter where you are. Thank you for those three amens. I should preach to only the three who are feeling me today. Can I say that again? It has nothing to do with your color. 
It has nothing to do with your prayer, uh, with your uh, with your tribe. It has nothing to do with your background either. It has everything to do with your ability to access kingdom mysteries. You can be in Kenya and excel. You can be in Nairobi and excel. You can be in this part of the world and excel as well. In fact, you can do so well this part on this part of the world until the people who are in the first world, when they meet you, they give you respect. They honor you because you are doing very well. May that be your story in Jesus' name. May that be your testimony in Jesus' name. Can I hear louder? Amen. So God has given unto us the ability to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That regardless of what we are surrounded with, regardless of you know, us being born in Africa or us being in this part of the world that is considered the third world, we can still succeed. We can still do well. We can still bring order in a chaotic situation. We can still experience progress where there is failure. We can still experience success in this part of the world. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now, what is a mystery? A mystery is a hidden truth that can only by, be understood by revelation. Let me say that again. A mystery is a hidden truth that can only be understood by revelation. You need revelation to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You see, the kingdom of God is about mysteries. And those mysteries are unlocked by revelation. These mysteries are principles. They are nuggets that have been positioned strategically by God through his word to position you for success. So it has nothing to do with your color. It has everything to do with accessing the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Can I hear an amen? You don't succeed because you're beautiful. You don't succeed because you're handsome. I have no, I've seen beautiful ladies who are frustrated. And I've seen handsome men who are as broke as a church mouse. So it's not about your beauty. It's about you accessing the mysteries of the kingdom. Hallelujah. You have to access these principles. You have to access these graces of the kingdom so that you may be able to experience what we see in the kingdom of heaven. There is no failure in the kingdom of heaven. There is no stagnation in the kingdom of heaven. There is no poverty in the kingdom of heaven. So when you access, when you access the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, you activate the culture of heaven to begin to function over your life. Can I hear an amen in this house? Tell your neighbor, neighbor. I've sensed you're very quiet today. Is the school uniform affecting your receptivity? I hope not. Some of you, I think you're remembering how you were caned in school. You're no longer a student. So the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven has mysteries. And today we want to unpack the mysteries of the kingdom 
of heaven. Because when we comprehend these mysteries, I'm telling you, we are going to excel where God has positioned us. I need to let somebody know that you are the man that God has chosen to excel. You are the woman that God has chosen to succeed. He didn't allow you to come here so that you may fail. No, God does not create failures. God allowed you to come so that you may make it. The reason why you are alive is because you have the potential to make it. And I see you making it in Jesus' name. Slap somebody next to you and tell them, we shall make it. Uh-huh. I don't care how hard it is, but we shall make it. Even if success has been elusive to you, you shall make it in the name of Jesus. The last two years have been very difficult, but we are bouncing back. You are bouncing back. Your business is bouncing back. Your company is bouncing back. You as an individual, you are bouncing back as well. We shall make it in the name of Jesus. Can I hear Holy Ghost amen in this house? So the first key or the first mystery that I want us to unpack today is time. Somebody say time. Time, as I've said before, is the unit of destiny. Time is the unit of destiny. It is a great gift that God has given unto you. When you make changes, you know, as far as your time is concerned, as far as the spending of your time is concerned, you will alter your destiny. When you make necessary changes to the way you spend your time, you're going to alter the direction of your life, which ultimately will impact on your destiny. What affects your time affects your destiny. I'll say that again. What affects your time affects your destiny. What consumes your time affects your destiny. What takes all your time to do affects your destiny. Let me ask, how many were born in the 70s? Lift up your hand. You were born in the 70s. Oh, we should go back to 60s. How many are born in 60s? 60s. We have one, we have two, three, four, 60s. Wow, Pastor Mugo. Glory to God. How many are born in the 70s? 70s. Wow. Amazing. How many are born in the 80s? Wow. Amazing. Pastor Zef, I don't believe you. Anyway, let's move on. How many are born in the 90s? 90s. Wow. 90s again. Please look around and confirm if it's true. How many are born in the 2000s? 2000s, lift up your hand. You have one there, two, three. So 90s again, let's see 90s, 90s, 90s. Wow. Please, those who are born in 90s, you are no longer children. That's the message I wanted to pass across to you. You've been thinking, oh, we are still children born in... You are no longer children. 
So because you noted them, turn to them and tell them, grow up, you are no longer children. So all of us, we must take charge of our time. Because your time is a unit of destiny. If you find a dying man gasping for breath in the hospital, and you ask them, what is this thing that you really want before you die? Most of them will not tell you, I want a car, I want a house, I want to marry. They will tell you, I want more time. Isn't it true? I've been, you know, a pastor for a while. I've prayed for people who are almost dying. And most of them have been telling me, I wish God can add more time to me. Because I feel like there are things I haven't done. I wish God can give me time. I remember one time I was praying for one of my members. And she'd been given a very bad report by the doctor. And so she had a couple of weeks to leave. And she told me, if God extends my time, I will serve him more than I've served him before. So, for a dying man, what he wants is more time. And many of us think we are not dying, but we are dying every day. Every day you wake up, you're moving closer to death. If you don't believe me, check your face. Isn't it true? Tell your neighbor, just check your face. Okay, some of you, you have worked on your face. Check your elbow. Try and touch your elbow. It's rough, isn't it? Yeah, there are other areas you need to check. Just check yourself. You will notice. You will notice. Your face might be smooth, but check your neck. You will see something is happening to your neck, isn't it? Check how you wake up. There are days you could just wake up. But there are days you calculate how to wake up. Isn't it true? There are days you could jump out of the bed. There are days you make calculations on how to jump out of your bed. There are days you could wear any type of shoes. These days, you are selective. Talk to me, somebody. You don't just wear any type of shoes. You are very selective. They have to be comfortable. You feel the heel. Yeah? Have you seen people when they're buying shoes, they press inside. Those ones are old. They are checking to see if the shoe is comfortable. Right? But there are days you could just see a shoe, you like it, you buy it. You don't care if it's comfortable or not comfortable. You just want to wear it you know, and walk around. So every day we are moving closer and closer to death. If Jesus tarries, all of us are going to die. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It is a fact concerning life. And so you must understand that the time that God has given unto you, it is a treasure. It's a gift. And you must take charge of that time for you to be able to succeed. Amen. You see, the devil will ensure that you live a, fruit, a fruitless life by interrupting your time. He will try and interrupt your time so that you don't make use of your time. You, 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 have you had people say, I'm, I've wasted time? It's because they feel like they did not do what they were required to do with the time that they had. And so they wake up when they are so late. And this was a tactic that we see Pharaoh was trying to use against the Israelites. He was buying time. You know, one plague after the other. He was buying what? 
time. He was just buying time. It's like he was convinced at some point that he needs to let them go. And then he buys time again. He elongated their weight, you know, to step into the promised land by hardening his heart. He was just buying time, hoping that Moses will crack. Hoping that Moses will give up. Hoping that the children of Israel will give up. They will turn against Moses. Because as he was buying time, he was making the lives of the Israelites difficult. Time is a precious commodity. And you must make sure that the enemy does not interrupt your time. One time, was it one time? No, was it yesterday? Yes, yesterday I was with another pastor and we were talking, you know. And this time thing came up. And, and he told me of uh, one, one of his, I think his friends. And they were having a conversation. And he, he got an opportunity to get another job. And he was past 40. And there was a new job that had opened up and they were calling him. And so he looked at his age. And then he looked at the new job. Then he looked at where he was working. And the new job was promising. All right? But the job he was in was solid and dependable. And he said, at my age, if I make a wrong move, I am done. So he said, I will forfeit what I don't know and stay with what I know. Because at my age, I cannot make a mistake. You get to a certain stage in your life that you even get the opportunities that come your way. And ask yourself, is it worth it or is not worth it? You see, when you are young, you can always make some crazy decisions, isn't it? Yeah, when you're young, you can make some crazy decisions. You can, you can decide to move to Timbuktu. When you're 20, you can just go live there just to see how it is. Then after that, when you're bored, you come back. When you come back, you're 23. Then when you come, you say, ah, let me move to where? Uh, Cambodia. You go. When you come back, you're still maybe 25. But somebody who is 50... Or 40 or 45. I mean, it's very difficult for them to be able to make such a decision. So you must be very careful that you don't allow anything that can interrupt your time because your time is precious. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. The Bible says, See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming time because the days are evil. We have to redeem time. We have to make use of time because the days that we are living in are evil. Amen. You know, I worked under a missionary who got saved at 50. And she was always putting pressure on us to go for crusades. We could do two, two or three crusades you know, in one day. She goes to a place, we pitch, you know, the sound, the generator, the stage, we preach. After people have gotten saved, she said, it is still very early. We move to another market. Then we pitch, you know, uh, our, our, our tent there, the instruments. Then we preach again. Then he looks at the watch and says, hey, it's still very early. Let's move to another market. And by that time, as we are tired. But for her, she was redeeming time. Because for 49 years, she was serving the devil. And she knew she was running out of time. And so she wanted to redeem time. So by the time she dies, she doesn't die a bitter woman. So time is a precious commodity. 
that you need to understand that God has given to you to make use of so that you may be able to succeed. How you use your time will determine if you're going to succeed or not. How you spend your time and who you spend your time with will determine if you're going to succeed or not. Can I hear an amen? For example, I'm so glad I got born again when I was young. Yeah. So I have gone through so many, you know, phases of salvation. Because look, getting born again is just the beginning of a journey. There are so many things you have to go through. You see, you have to get born again, and then you have to understand what prayer is. Then you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you have to understand what serving is all about. Then you have to be taught on what giving is all about. Then you get a revelation. Then you start understanding tithing. You start understanding. All that takes time. It doesn't happen in one day. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Then you have to be baptized. Then you have to become a disciple. Then you have to find a church. Then you have to plug into that church. Then you have to find the right pastor who will feed you the word of God. That's why you realize many people, before they find the right pastor, they have gone through a lot of, you know, blunders and mistakes. They have been taught wrong things. It's a process. It's a journey. So when you don't put time into place, you will find that you are not even growing spiritually because you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're in a wrong church. Maybe you're being taught wrong, you know, doctrine. And so you're not growing. Maybe you're under, a, a, you're under a charlatan. And so you're, so it takes time to really find your footing in some of these things. You understand what I'm talking about? It takes time to build a business. You can't just wake up tomorrow and you're a billionaire. I've studied most of the billionaires we have in this world. I'm telling you, it took long for them to become billionaires. When they started, some people were even laughing at them. I saw the first office of Bezos. He looked very confused. Look at him right now. He's a billionaire. You understand? It takes time. You know, recently I was in one of these hotels here and we were having breakfast with Pastor Mary. Once in a while, take your wife for breakfast. It's important. Just take her out for breakfast. Just tell her, let's have breakfast. Expose her to a very nice restaurant where she understands that breakfast is not just tea and bread. This side, you're very quiet. Huh? These are the wives who make tea and bread. And while we're having breakfast, Bishop Lai came. When Bishop Lai came, I told Pastor Mary, this is the moment I've been looking for. Watch and see what I'm going to do. So I went and greeted him, and we spoke. And he told me, you look familiar. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, long story short, I went to my, uh, to my wallet I got a very nice seat. I asked for, you know, for an envelope from the hotel. They gave me an envelope. And then he was having breakfast. And I was timing him as he was having breakfast. I was timing to make sure that by the time he's done with the breakfast, I'm there. Yeah. And then when he was done with the breakfast, I went there. And I put a seat on the table. And I told him, I want you to pray for me. And I knelt down there. You know, I didn't care who was looking at us. That's their problem. Me, I know what I'm looking for. I knelt down. And he said, 
does your wife need prayer as well? I said, yes. I said, bring her. <laughs> Pastor Mary also came, knelt down. And he prayed for us. Prayed. Hey, I can't tell you what he prayed. It was a very powerful prayer. Prayed and soaked us into prayer. The reason why I wanted him to pray for me is because I have seen him being consistent over time preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I started watching him on TV many years when I was in school and he's still preaching. In fact, he's the first preacher, TV preacher in Kenya. It has taken time. It has taken time. He knows many things I don't know. So as he was laying his hands on me, I was praying, Lord, let the things that he knows that I don't know that he has understood over time. Father, let them be transferred. If there is such a prayer, God answers. He said, let them transferred in me. The graces, the wisdom. In fact, I remember him praying for wisdom. I pray for wisdom over your life. And I was saying, amen. Saving the wisdom. So, uh, it's because of the time I have seen him in ministry. It has taken him time, a long time, to be consistent in the ministry. So, good things take time. That's what the Bible says, redeem the time. Hallelujah. If you're going to excel in whatever you're doing, let me tell you, you have to redeem time. Watch your time. Don't waste your time. Watch your time. How do you spend your time? And who do you spend your time with? Can I hear an amen in this house? The Bible says in the book of Joel chapter 2, and verse 25. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. The Bible says, I will restore. This is God speaking. I will restore to you the years. What is that? Time. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust. The consuming locust. And the chewing locust. And the chewing locust. My great army which I send among you. Verse 26. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. What will God restore? He will restore time. There are people here, you feel like you have wasted time, you feel like you're running out of time, but let me tell you, God says he will restore time for you. He will restore the years you wasted. The years you wasted dancing in nightclubs. Friday night and blacked out because of alcohol. May the Lord restore those years in the name of Jesus. My goodness, the amen is loud because we have a lot of ex-drunkards and nightclub dancers. May he restore the years you wasted. Can I hear louder amen in this house? I say, may the Lord restore the years you wasted in the name of Jesus. Some of you, because of your lifestyle, you overworked your liver. Your liver looks like that of a 90-year-old. May God restore. I say, may God restore. May God restore the state of your body. May God restore the years that you wasted in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout a louder, amen. So time is very important. Tell your neighbor, make use of your time.
time. When God restores time, it means that you will catch up. Oh yes, it means that you will do what? You will catch up. Hallelujah. That means if you are married and you didn't have children, and 10 years down the line you don't have children, and some of the people that you got married at the same time with have three children, when God restores your time, he will give you triplets. Who am I preaching to in this house? May God restore the years you have lost. May you recover in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in this house? Number two, another mystery. Another mystery is salvation. Salvation in other, is another mystery for you to excel. You see, every man's life carries some disadvantages. Everybody here, not everything is perfect about you. Your background is not perfect. Your education is not perfect. Isn't it true? Your upbringing is not perfect. By default, many of us, we had to really, really deal with some very serious things. Because we all carry some disadvantages within us. Some of us is our gender. Because of where we are. There are tribes which don't believe that a woman should be educated. Isn't it true? Yeah, when they look at you, they see cows. <laughs> uh, as you are growing, when you are tiny, they see one cow. As you grow, they see now 10 cows. As you keep on growing, they say now there are 20. As you keep on growing, they say now there are 30. That's all they see about you. Some of us is a bringing, went through a lot, you know, that introduced a lot of disadvantages in our lives. We are bitter, we are broken. Some of us is the relationships we were in. They were not very good relationships, very bad relationships that messed up our lives, our perception, you know. And so we all have disadvantages in one way or another. And so, what do you need to do? You must be intentional. Tell your neighbor you must be intentional. You must be intentional about where you're going. You must introduce systems and structures that guarantee your progress. Let me say that again. You must introduce systems and structures that guarantee your progress. And one of them is salvation. Salvation is such a powerful force that guarantees your progress. Salvation is such a powerful, powerful force that will guarantee you success in whatever you're doing. You see, before you are born again, you are surrounded with thorns and thistles. But when you get born again, you're disconnected from forces that guarantee your failure. Thorns are there to frustrate you. Thistles are there to pull you down. But when you get born again, I'm telling you, you're disconnected from all these diabolic forces and you're positioned for success. Salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is a formidable force that deals with numerous disadvantages in your life. Some of these disadvantages are curses. You know, you can come from a cursed background, surrounded with curses. Salvation makes you escape curses. Hallelujah. Some of you is poverty. Grew up in poverty. You know. 
And salvation opens your eyes to realize that poverty is not, a, 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 is not something that you should desire. It's not a way of living. There's another way of living where you can be blessed and experience goodness and great things in your life. Salvation opens your eyes. Salvation illuminates your mind. Salvation is like a light on your path. Salvation breaks open, you know, your life to possibilities that are in God. Because we are surrounded with a lot of disadvantages. There are some families here which are plagued with witchcraft. You know, this last week, somebody was sending me a message and told me, Pastor, pray for me. I used to be your member. I got married, moved on, went somewhere else, got married to this person who claims he's a man of God. But he took us to, let me not mention the place. Took us to this place and he brought somebody to pray for us and to pray for the children. You know, but the way the person was praying, it was very funny. It was witchcraft. At best, this is a pastor taking his family to be prayed by somebody from the place starts with a yes and so she was saying what can I do and I told her you can only pray because I don't even know your husband I don't even know you left you didn't even tell me bye so you left he said, yes, I left and I got married. To who? To a man of God. Yeah. And he took you somewhere to be prayed for. Is he really a man of God? He said, yes, he's a man of God. He preaches, but sometimes he does things. While he's praying for people, there are things he does. And my spirit is disturbed because I see witchcraft. Mercy, Lord. Can you imagine if your husband is a witch? Or your wife? is a witch. It can be a very difficult marriage. Very difficult. She was praying. She was asking me, so what, can you talk to him? I said, I cannot talk to him. I don't even know him. What will I tell him? He's not even submitted to me. You cannot counsel somebody who is not submitted to you. It's very difficult. The reason why parents have authority over their children is because the children are submitted to them. That's why you can see your neighbor's child messing around, but it's very difficult for you to correct that child. Because that child is not submitted to you. Try and touch that child and see what the parent will do to you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So there are, there are different forces fighting us. Different forces against us. It is salvation that becomes the root of escape for all of us. Hallelujah. Salvation corrects errors. That we see in our lives. That's a very powerful statement. Salvation corrects errors. That we see in our lives. If you are not born again. Let me tell you. You have been programmed to fail. Let me, let me say that again. If you are not born again. You have been programmed to fail. When you are born again. You have been programmed to succeed. Psalm chapter 68. The amen came from two people. It's like only two people are born again. That amen is for only two people are born again or the previous statement. Psalms chapter 68, verse 19. Give me the scripture. Psalm 68, I show you something. Do you want to see something here very powerful? The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord 
who daily, somebody say daily, does what? Loads. It's like he puts on us. Loads us with what? With benefits. Daily. Daily with benefits. The God of our salvation. Sila. That means think about it. The God of our salvation, he is daily loading us with benefits. Excelling is a benefit. Progress is a benefit. Prosperity is a benefit. Good health is a benefit. Settled in marriage is a benefit. Fruit of the womb is a benefit. Protection from danger is a benefit. And God of our salvation, the Bible says, loads us with all these benefits, not weekly, but on a daily basis. Every day you wake up, there is a load of benefits on your head. Because you are a born again child of God. I thought somebody would get excited right there. Ah, my goodness. How about verse 20? What does it say? Our God is the God of salvation. And to God, the Lord, his, belong, escapes from death. You can see that when you acquire salvation... Already you have been given a ticket to escape death. Salvation is your direct ticket. People understand direct ticket. It is your direct nomination to eternal life. You escape death. I'm preaching to people who have escaped death in this house. Look at the name. Give them high five and tell them I've just escaped death. Hallelujah. Salvation is your escape strategy. Out of death, out of diseases, out of curses, out of stagnation, out of failure. Salvation is your strategy of escape. My goodness. If you are born again, you need to cheer up. Because you have escaped so many things. What plagued your family cannot touch you. What plagued your lineage cannot touch you. What destroyed your uncles and your aunties cannot touch you. You have just escaped because of salvation. Our soul has escaped from the snare of the fowler. Because of what? Salvation. Tell somebody next to you, I have just escaped. I have just escaped. My goodness, I prophesy. Poverty will never come near you. Because you are born again. In the name of Jesus. Diseases and sicknesses are not permitted to come to your house because of salvation. Am I preaching to somebody in this house? Curses can never follow you because of salvation. It doesn't matter how many years the curses have been in your family lineage. When they see salvation, when they see the blood, the blood of Jesus that speaks better things, and the blood of Abel, they can never come near your dwelling. You are an escapee. Somebody shout aloud, Amen, in this house. Touch five people around you and tell them, I've just escaped. 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 Even if you don't have an idea of what it is, but you've just escaped, the devil cannot have you. The devil cannot have your children. He cannot have your body. He cannot have your mind. You have just escaped. 
You have escaped failure. You have escaped curses. You have escaped stagnation. You have escaped frustration because of sal salvation. Psalm 103. Sit down. Verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hey. And forget not his benefits. Look at that. Forget not his. Verse 2. Forget not all his benefits. Look, being born again is not a waste. It's gain. There are benefits. Hallelujah. There is compensation in salvation. Who am I talking to in this house? I say there is compensation in salvation. There are dividends in salvation. Oh yes, there are. Forget not all his benefits. And then it lists the benefits. What are the benefits? Verse 3. Who forgives some of your iniquities? All of your iniquities. The things you did that we know. <laughs> and the things that you did that we don't know. The nasty, terrible things that you did that we don't know. The Bible says God forgives all your iniquities. That's why I love salvation. Because the moment I receive salvation, nobody can judge me. Nobody can condemn me. Even the devil cannot condemn me. He can only remind me of the past, but he can never condemn me. And every time I think about the past, and then I remember what Jesus has done for me, I still have joy. I can still dance in church. I can shout in church. I can still tell people, I am born again. My past is real, but my salvation is even more real. forgives hallelujah he forgives all your iniquities there are things we do and we say hey, can God really forgive this yes he can and yes he did and then he heals some of your diseases eh? he only heals he only heals sneezing huh? is it only sneezing is it only a flu he heals all Talk to me, somebody. He is all. He is all. High blood pressure, he heals. Cancer, he heals. Leukemia, he heals. Kidney failure, he heals. Hallelujah. You have to claim healing in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you just have to wake up in the morning and lay hands on your head and say from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I speak to every organ in my body because I'm born again and I'm a recipient of the benefits of God. Anything that is trying to bring a disease in my body, I command it to die right now in the name of Jesus. I stand on the word of God which says by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. I speak to the kidneys, I speak to the liver, I speak to my joints, I speak to my bones, I speak to my tissues, I speak to my skin, I speak to my eyes, I speak to my ears, I speak to my tongue, I speak to my teeth, I speak to every part of my body, the things that I cannot even mention before the people, I speak to those things right now, may they begin to function according to the word of God, because I'm a recipient of salvation, he heals all my diseases, oh my goodness, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost, every disease that came to church, May you not survive this word in the name of Jesus. May you die in the name of Jesus. 
May you be healed in the name of Jesus. Every disease I arrest you. Every pain I arrest you. Every discomfort I arrest you. I, I send the healing virtue of Jesus to touch your body right now. Shout I'm healed. Shout again I'm healed. Shout again I'm healed. Some of you don't know as you are shouting the devil is getting nervous. Sicknesses is leaving your body. Germs are leaving your body. Viruses are leaving your body. Shout again I am healed. Shout it louder I am healed. Shout it until the devil can hear that you are here. Those are the benefits of salvation. So change your language. Stop saying, kangu. Huh? It is not your disease. Your body is the temple. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I say your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Where the Holy Ghost is, where the Spirit is, the Bible says there is liberty. We arrest every disease. We arrest every sickness. We arrest every pain. We arrest every discomfort in your system right now. May you become a recipient of salvation. May you be healed in Jesus' name. Shout again, I am here. I am here. I am here. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I am here. In Jesus' name, give him a shout of victory in this house. You are healed. Turn to five people around you and tell them these are the benefits. These are the benefits. These are the benefits. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. 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 Touch that place that you had pay and proclaim I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Touch that part of your body that you are uncomfortable and say I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Touch that area where there was discomfort and say under this grace I am healed. My chest is healed. My back is healed. My throat is healed. Shout Sit down. Verse 4. Ooh. My goodness. You will excel. I say you will excel. No disease will take you out. You will die of old age in the name of Jesus. Ah, I feel it. Oh yes. Oh yes. He heals all your diseases. And then he crowns. He crowns. He redeems actually your life from destruction. My goodness. Whatever virus is planning to come, it will not come near you. You cannot be destroyed. You are destruction proof. Because you are a recipient of the benefits of salvation. Can I hear an amen? amen? You see, during COVID, I remember we traveled. And another pastor sent me a message. And he said, aren't you afraid of COVID? I said, I have decided to focus on the healer. The healer is Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Because when you what you focus on, it rubs on on you. If you focus on fear, you become fearful. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh yes, that's why we were so afraid during COVID. So afraid that when you go to the supermarket and your toe touches the the what do you call this this thing that carry things with the trolley, you come home and the first thing you 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 start with is cleaning and sanitizing your toe. Look at how afraid we were. You get to the house. You remove your clothes. As if your clothes have a plague. Then you jump in the shower. Even the people who are not showering during COVID. They were showering thrice a day. Look at what fear can do to you. Whatever you focus on affects you. I will focus on the healer. I will focus on the keeper. I will focus on the protector because I know ha, who my redeemer is. He will redeem me from destruction. Oh my God. Even the arrow that flies during the day, when I focus on the redeemer, that arrow will not come nigh my dwelling. He will redeem you from destruction. My goodness, I have a lot to say. He crowns you. These are benefits. Crowns you with loving kindness. And tender mercies. Verse 5. We'll not finish this. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, follow scriptures. Ask them, why do you eat bitter things? Bitter lemon. Bitter herbs. Have you found people eating bitter things? Huh? Detoxing. You're detoxing, but you're suffering. Please don't change the scripture. He will satisfy your mouth. Me, if I'm to drink detox, it has to be sweet. If it is not sweet, stay with it. I'd rather go and run. I'd rather even fast. Take detox, I mean, you look at them, you sympathize. The thing cannot even come close to your nose. It is stinking. Not me. He satisfies my mouth with good things. Hallelujah. With good things. I prophesy over your kitchen. May good things begin to proceed from your kitchen. Because of salvation in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in this sanctuary today? Yes, good things. Sweet, nice things. Not things when you bring to the table. People decide that they are full. They are not eating that day. I say, oh, I've even realized I was not hungry. Because of what has been brought, it, God says, I will satisfy you with good, good things. Satisfy your mouth with good things. What you eat, what you taste, good things. Hallelujah. Please, when you get saved, begin to develop a test for good things. Mm -hmm. Good things, isn't it? Yes, a good thing. When you kiss your wife, you enjoy what you're kissing. You don't kiss and you go like, it's, 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 it's a good thing. You're enjoying. 
Pastor Seif, look at me. It's, 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 it's a good thing. You're enjoying. It's a good thing. Hallelujah. May you enjoy good, nice cars. No, there are cars when you come out, it's like you've been digging a farm. Your back is aching. Your muscles are aching. You are tired. Everything is manual. The steering is manual. The gear, you have to pump. By the time you come out, it's like you have been to the gym. You are tired. You are frustrated. The Bible says it will satisfy your mouth with good things. I see you enjoying the good, finer things of this life because of salvation in Jesus' name. A good house. A good marriage. A good family. Shout a louder amen in this house. Yes, why? Because of salvation. Hey. So that your youth. So that your youth. You know, the reason why you look old is because life is hard. It's not because you're 50. You look 50, but you are 30. Because life is hard. You can count a number of times you smile. Because most of the time, the mathematics in your head is not adding up. So before you sleep, you make calculations. Deficit. You wake up in the morning. Calculations. Deficit. As you are going, you are in the matatu. Calculations. A plus B-I. Find what? You cannot find it. <laughs> and so your face is always concorded. Your heart is always racing. There is no moment that you relax. Things are tight. Now you look 50. Hey. You are born again. You are saved. Things have to change. You are a recipient of the benefits of salvation. Your youth must be renewed like the eagles. You should look younger than the way you are right now. Yes. As, turn to your neighbor. Look at them and guess their age. What's their age? If you want to know their age, you look at their forehead. <laughs> Some of them look older than their age. Because their youth has not been renewed. May your youth be renewed. I say 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 may your youth be renewed. May you meet your classmates and they're like, hey. They say, you have not changed. You're just the way you are. And you tell them, I know the secret. They say, what is the secret? What lotion do you buy? You say, no, it's not lotion. Say, do you go to the gym? Say, no, it's not the gym. What is the secret? Salvation. 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 Jesus in my life. Salvation. 
salvation. Some of you don't think that is powerful, but it's very powerful. It is salvation. Tell anybody, it's salvation. It's salvation. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, yes. It's salvation. It's salvation. Mm. I meet my classmates sometimes and I'm like, what? what happened to you? What happened to you? And I cannot believe it. Some of them look like they're in their 70s. 80s, old. What happened to you? They tell you life. They tell me life has been very hard. Salvation will renew your youth. You will look, you will look young. Young. Hallelujah. You will look young and Yes, salvation, salvation, salvation. Salvation. Let's stay with salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I saw judgmental eyes on this side. I say I cannot release the word. Amen. Number <laughs> Number three. My time is up. I want to stop there. I'll continue next Sunday, but one. On how to exhale. Hallelujah. But salvation, let me tell you, is the key for us to experience success in our lives. Hallelujah. Nobody should mock you because you're born again. Nobody should look down on you because you're born again. Paul even says, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. And then he says, it is the power of God unto salvation. So nobody should look down on you. Nobody should despise you. Nobody should use um, very nasty words on you because you are a born again Christian. Tell them I'm proud. I'm a proud follower of Jesus. And I've, I know what salvation has done for me. Hallelujah. Some of you, if it was not salvation, you will not be having your liver today. I'm, I'm, your liver is thanking God the day you got saved. Because you used to mix. <laughs> Let's stand to our feet and pray. Salvation. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's salvation. I'm looking the way I'm looking because of salvation. I'm excelling because of salvation. I'm doing well because of salvation. Oh yes. Salvation. I'm telling you. Some of you, if it was not salvation, your wife could have gone back home like seven times. She goes, you return. She goes, you return. She goes, you return. Then when she goes, you say she will just return by herself. It's salvation. Salvation. All these men have the potential of punching their wives in the face real good. All these ladies have the potential. You know, some of them go to the salon to sharpen their claws. They have the ability of scratching their husbands in the middle of the night. I watched a video, very interesting video of this woman who has been looking for an opportunity to beat the husband. And one, one day she got it. She woke up in the middle of the night. She looked at the husband and she made sure that he was fast asleep. Then she slapped him. 
when the husband jumped, she also jumped. And she said, honey, is that a nightmare you had or what? And he said, eh, the husband said, I had a very bad nightmare. It's like somebody slapped me. Oh, then she said, oh, 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 oh. I'm very sorry. It was a bad nightmare. Go back to sleep. And the guy went back and he slept. It is salvation that is keeping some of these women from doing such. They have the ability to do it. But it is salvation. Yes. Salvation. They wake up in the night, they look at the man. They feel like the devil is giving them suggestions. Then they remember they are born again. Salvation. Hallelujah. Can you raise your hands and thank God for salvation? It's a key to success, to excelling. Lord, we thank you. Mm, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that how you thank God for salvation? It has saved you from trouble, from pain, from disappointment. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for delivering us. Oh, my goodness. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Father, I thank you that I'm born again, that I'm saved. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you. Hallelujah. I thank you for salvation. Hallelujah. Salvation belongs to our God. Who sits upon the throne and unto the land and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and love and strength be to our God. Salvation. Salvation belongs to our God who sits, who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb and unto the Lamb. Praise and glory. Wisdom and thanks. And power and strength be to our God, be to our God forever and ever, be to our God forever and ever, yes, be to our God forever and ever, amen. Be to our God. To our God, forever and ever, 
Can somebody give God praise? Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him for salvation. Praise Him for pure salvation. Praise Him for the gift of salvation. your neighbor ask them are you born again are you saved don't leave this house without salvation it's a gift when you're given a gift you receive it it's a free gift amen see if I have a gift and I give you if you don't receive it the gift will not benefit you but if you receive it then the gift will benefit your life. God has given us a gift in the name of Jesus. Bible says that this gift is what guarantees us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. I recommend to you salvation. It's a powerful force for you to excel. Amen. Maybe you're here, you're not born again. I want to give you the chance to give your life to Christ. Are you there? You're not born again. Shoot your hand up. We'll pray for you and lead you to Christ. You are here. You came for the first time or you've been coming. You're not born again. Jesus is not Lord and Savior of your life. And you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. Shoot your hand up. I can see it and I'll lead you to Christ. Are you there? Thank you for that hand. Any other person? You are not born again. Any other. Don't live here without salvation. Don't live here without God. Any other person. Come. Come, 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 come. Any other person. Come. Today is your day. Today is your day. It's your day of salvation. It's your day. Come, 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 come. Don't leave here without salvation. Today is your day of salvation. Any other person? Any other person? I'm waiting for you. I'm not in a hurry. This is very important. You're not born again. Jesus is not Lord and Savior of your life. You're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. Are you there? Hallelujah. Can you appreciate the Lord for this three? Are you able to kneel down? Give them pillows so they can kneel. We'll pray with them. Stretch your hands towards them as we pray. Hallelujah. The Bible says that with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's a very powerful prayer that you're going to make right now and it will bring changes in your life. Jesus loves you. That's why he died on the cross for you. So repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me with the blood that you shed on Calvary. Today, I believe that you are the Lord who came to save sinners like me. 
So today, Lord, save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Purify me. Make me your child. And before this congregation, and before you, I proclaim that I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for them. May they stand. We pray that no weapon formed against them will prosper. May your hand be upon them. May your grace be upon them. We break every addiction. And we break every power of the enemy. Of their lives in the name of Jesus. Every force. May it be broken. Anything that will try and put them down. And discourage them from coming to church. And from serving God. May it be broken right now. In the name of Jesus. May they be free to serve you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Come on, we can celebrate better than that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.